right to our next guest, and that's Shannon Sakoshia. Shannon, thanks so much for being with us. So let's talk about tech. Uh, you know, I was just checking. So the NASDAQ's down 12% for this month. It is the worst month since 2008. I, I'm sure there's tons of opportunities. I mean, what do you think is driving this and are you worried? Absolutely. I mean, if you think about the percentage of the S&P 500 that tech represents, um, there's no way that you cannot be concerned about the pressure that really has that this sector has been under since October of last year. Um, we continue to see multiple compression in the space. Um, the large names and, you know, I would say some of the higher flyers from 2020 um, are both being hit pretty hard. And so the challenge here is that we're trying to uh, create a re-rating of these stocks based on higher interest rates, but also being very much aware that if we are moving into what is eventually a slower growth environment for the U.S. economy, that these stocks really thrived during that low growth um, environment prior to the pandemic. And so there's a bit of an offset here. I think one of the things that's been most challenging is that, you know, if you look at those big FANG names, their multiples still remain well above the average S&P stock. And so I think that one of the challenges is trying to figure out and underwrite what the potential additional discount in those valuations will be while thinking about positioning your portfolio for the longer term in companies that have really strong free cash flow balance sheets and the opportunity to grow their revenue even in a more challenging environment. So it's amazing because, I mean, we look at what's going on, right? All the companies are facing higher costs across the board, whether it's the supply chain holdup and how that hits them or inflation or labor, right? Just paying more in wages. Um, that being said, you did mention that um, yes, we're going to have higher rates, but a slow growth environment could be okay for some tech names. Is that what you're saying? And, which, and if so, which kinds, which ones? Yeah, I think it's really important to differentiate, you know, between um, sort of consumer technology stocks and those stocks that really benefited from the work from home, stay at home uh, scenario. Also, those stocks that potentially were viewed as disruptive initially, but have very, you know, shallow moats or no moats to comp competitors. And so if I look at the trends that I think are going to continue over the next several years, things like growth of cloud computing and hybrid working environments, um, we do believe that that companies will continue to be focused on enterprise spend in order to create greater productivity, um, particularly against a backdrop where, you know, labor is more expensive and in demand. And so for us in thinking about technology, you know, is there, you know, a particular competitive advantage? Do they have a product that um, is shown as having, you know, a, a significant lead over competitors already? And how do they maintain that going forward? Uh, and then going back to kind of shareholder, you know, are they returning capital to shareholders? Apple announced a significant buyback as well as an increase in the dividend. Um, that's the type of company that I think investors are going to be more interested in rather than just looking for those story stocks that I think they were focused on in 2020, for instance. Yeah, and I just took a moment because you really start, as you started to talk about some of those growth aims, I said, I wonder how bad it really is. Because um, I know it's bad, but I like to see the numbers, as do you. And Pel in one year, okay, in one year, Peloton down 82%, Teladoc down 80%, Netflix down 62%, and Zoom Video down nearly 70%. Um, these obviously 
had their moment or they just weren't priced right, how do you go ahead and pick names, whether it's in technology or healthcare or industrials? I know you have a few names. Um, I know you want to take a look at Adobe, Abbott, and Honeywell. How do you go and pick the names that are not going to get beaten down like this? I think it's really challenging. I mean, I, you know, there, there's, it's a lot of both art and science. And I think one of the things you want to think about is, you know, what are the plans for potential growth? Are there additional addressable markets that can, you know, be, be uh, captured by the companies? And perhaps more importantly, and particularly as you think about um, companies like Peloton, and um, Netflix or other DTC streamers, you know, what's the cost of that new customer acquisition? Um, and, and are they staying true to their brand? If you go back to Peloton, for instance, the purchasing of the, uh, the pre-core uh, business in order to have a manufacturing facility, uh, that certainly made it so that their fixed costs of that business were, you know, just significantly higher than they would have been and, and have created an environment where they perhaps cannot be as nimble. And so thinking about, again, strong balance sheets, free cash flow, um, return of capital to shareholders, um, and a part of the business that from a secular perspective is going to continue to grow, um, which is why we are so interested in things like the cloud you know, and, and hybrid computing, because that is certainly a trend coming out of 2020 that we think still has a, a long way to go. Right, so as you look at the groups here, um, would you say which ones are the best groups for people to sort of delve into? So I think in the current environment, one of the things that we are anticipating is we're clearly seeing, um, you know, the economy slow here in the United States. And so I, I think thinking about being able to balance some of the cyclicality that has performed well over the last year, particularly in energy and materials uh, with a more defensive um, allocation in your portfolio, Healthcare is really interesting to us because it combines this um, sort of historic uh, sentiment as a defensive, but also has some of that growth, in, especially in areas like life sciences um, and uh, the delivery of healthcare in a in a more efficient way. That you could get uh, on, in the technology sector, you bring it to a more defensive sector in the form of healthcare. Industrials, we think, is is going to be a big winner. It, you know, I think one of the things that we're looking at is input costs have remained very high. And so producers um, in energy and materials have really benefited from that. And perhaps industrial companies have been hurt by that because of the inflation in the goods that they're purchasing. Being able to then extend that to this manufacturing renaissance that we do think is going to continue in the United States as, as some of that production comes back onshore, we think industrials companies um, are particularly well positioned especially as we start to see inflation uh, trend to a more normal rate. Yeah, wonderful to see you, Shannon. Thank you so much.